0: This is Game of Inches, the podcast. Now, here's your host, Logan Carter.
1: We're back with another episode of Game of Inches, the Central Piedmont 4A Conference of the Triad. Davey and Reynolds are on a roll, but East Forsyth and Glenn can strike at any time. And oh, did I mention every team has an amazing coach, like Reagan with Jeff Overby and West Forsyth with Hall of Fame coach Howard West. So go ahead and subscribe to our channel and write us a review. Tune in every week for us. Uh, Well, today my special guests are from the East Forsyth coaching staff, the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Muse, and his nephew and assistant, Coach Adam Muse. How are you guys? Hey, Logan. Appreciate you having us. How are you, Adam? Doing good. How about you? Thanks for having us. Doing good. You're welcome. So you guys are 13-6, but you won the Frank Spencer and did it all after losing eight seniors. Kind of discussed, you know, losing those eight seniors, and, you know, you still have a few from that last team last year, but, you know, Talk to me about the transitioning into this season. You guys have a winning record, and you won the Frank Spencer Pepsi Championship.
0: Well, you know, we started out a little bit slow because of uh, we our football team with Coach Todd Wheeler did such an amazing job. And um, we, we brought some kids up from our JV team to, to get us started for the first three, four games of the year. And our football team got back. And, you know, we had a two-week period there. After football, right before the Frank Spencer, where we were learning our guys and they were doing new roles and, and that sort of thing, and I thought the Frank Spencer was really good for us. Uh, it brought us together as a team. Uh, we were able to take kids from last year's team who were role players and thrust them into a starting position, and they were able to take what they could do, and they knew how to win. They, they had been there in the finals last year. They watched what the guys before them did, and so... We've always had the philosophy not only to coach this year's team this year, but to coach next year's team this year as well. And I think that philosophy changed about four years ago, started paying off for us. Now what are you seeing, Adam, of this new team
1: now that you guys have, you know, some young guys playing but also some, some veterans.
2: Right. Um I think the biggest thing for us is our culture. Um it's like Mike said, we, we start coaching next year's team this year and um you can see that in dividends of uh Kalik and and Matt Rivers and Savon and Jimmy are already up to speed, but um, it kind of pushed them into that role to where they they started understanding. Okay, we got to start taking this team by uh, our leadership and and bring them other guys along like Zion Reeves and um, it's just it's just been good for those younger guys to get this experience this year to to learn that it caught, I mean, it's it's really hard to win and. Um, you got to earn to win each night, so it was a good experience for us.
1: And how do you guys think that the Frank Spencer kind of benefited y'all's play? I know last year when you guys made it to the championship, you kind of went on a winning record, uh, beat you know your brother Andy Mount Tabor pretty handily then. But going to after you know the Frank Spencer this year, uh, you guys have some pretty substantial wins as well. I know Ragsdale's one of them who just got. Uh, done beating Northwest Guilford. You know, kind of discussing me how that helps your, your kids' uh, mentality.
0: Well, what the Frank Spencer did for us, it, it, it gave us confidence. And confidence in high school basketball is everything. And we, we, we were able to go right from the Frank Spencer through a little stretch. We won 11 out of 12 games after starting a slow start. And we were able to grow and we were able to mature and we were able to play some kids that are going to be good players down the road. And I think that's that's what's unique about our program. We have kids who come in who aren't afraid to learn, who aren't afraid to be ready to go right now, but they understand that next year is going to be their time to, to shine. And in this day and time, that's that's hard to find kids that are willing to do that. But the ones that do it by the time they become juniors and seniors, they understand what it takes and so that's been a blessing for us and we've got great kids at, at East Forsyth and and they're they're have taken ownership of what we're trying to do and I'm lucky to be
1: their coach. Just watching you guys I know you lost to Glenn at home we came to that game and I mean you, you guys have played in such an amazing conference as well I mean every given night you guys said I remember Adam told me that night like we got to watch out for this Glenn team but I feel like Savon like, some of your teammates, you know, not counting them out. Like, it's just Savon continues to fight the entire game. Like, you never see him, you know, just pout or anything. He's always going full force for you guys. you guys, can you attest for that? I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, when we've always needed spark, he's the guy that um, gets a tough bucket for us. I mean, uh, and it's not only him. Um, it's like the other night uh, when we were playing, who was it, when Jimmy dove on the floor? Um, West Forsyth. We, we were down early in the second half, and uh, we had to fight back from a 15-point deficit. He goes, dies on the floor, and then two plays later, Matt Rivers dies on the floor for another ball. Um, it's just small plays like that that um, get our team going, but Savon definitely helps when he's more aggressive.
1: Yeah, and then Matt Rivers, I saw where he had a double-double for, for you guys just put this past game against Glenn, so you guys got them at their place after they got you at home at that game that we had been to, but also Zion Reeves, he's been really big for you guys. Uh, I know throughout the Frank Spencer, he was the MVP for the Pepsi bracket. Um, I think he got hurt, I think the Glenn game you said, so his, yep. his stats have kind of decreased uh, over the past couple of games, but he really gave you guys some really positive minutes, uh, I believe in the Frank Spencer, and I think you know coming around to the playoffs and the conference tournament in the next two weeks, I think he's going to
0: be really big for you guys as well. Well, he had a really good game the other night against Glenn. You know, he, he, here again, he's a sophomore. You know, people see his body. He's six eight. He's a young. He's a young kid, and sometimes uh, the pressure on those kids once they start performing well mentally, it becomes a drain on them. And I think every sophomore and freshman that I've ever coached, at some point in time, midway through the season, right after the Frank Spencer first round of the conference. Uh, they hit a wall. The mentally, it's it's challenging. Um, you you mentioned the fact that in our league, there's no nights off. I mean, we we have amazing coaches in our league, and we were talking about that on on the way over here. You know, uh, Billy Martin coached in college. Coach Abshire's been there at Davie County for a long time, and they 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 run a great system. And Coach Ganey had a successful program with the girls, and now he's bringing that culture to the Glenn team and. You know, you mentioned Jeff at Reagan and Howard at, at West Forsyth, and there's just not a night off, and you have to mentally prepare and physically prepare, and, you know, that catches up with a freshman and a sophomore, where a junior and a senior's a little bit more physically and mentally prepared because they've been through it. Um, and Zion had a little dip, but he's, we're starting to see a comeback, and uh, he's got a great attitude. He's got a great work ethic. And, and one kid that you've kind of left out that, that's kind of gone under the radar a little bit but has played really, really well the whole year is Kalik McCummings. Cummings. Uh, he's found his outside shot. He's making buckets. And here's a kid who a lot of high school kids won't do. He paid his dues every day in practice last year. He played behind three seniors, and he didn't get a lot of minutes. His game experience last year was practice, and now here he is – and he's, he's scoring in the 20s for us and 18 points this game and 16 and 7 rebounds this game. And, you know, he, he, he's a difference maker. And th- that's the part of the culture that I think Adam was talking about earlier where we've got kids at East Forsyth who are willing to buy a role for a couple years to earn that time, which this day and time with the one-and-dones in college and the transfer rules and all this stuff – that's that's we we appreciate those kids. Yeah, I feel like the roles are
1: definitely defined with y'all's team. And I mean, uh, around the conference, uh, Davey and Reynolds, I feel like that's the, the reason for y'all's success and uh, the reason for Davey's success. I mean, they have several people. And I think that's the conversation that I kind of want to get into is talking about your conference, you know, team by team. So you have Davey who's sitting at 19 and one coach. Aptor has done a phenomenal job. We watched them against Reynolds, uh, basically like a conference tournament preview. And it was 55. Uh, 51 for you guys. I mean, you guys had them on the ropes. I know we didn't come out to that game, but it's just, you know, showing how dominant your conference is. I know I talked to uh, Shavers last week about the Piedmont Triad 3A, but the Triad, I mean, we just have such phenomenal teams, and we talked about it last week. It's because of the coaches, and you guys, you, you know what you're doing. And I think Coach Apsure, Uh, like I said, his roles are defined with his team. You have Owen McCormick, who is also a big guy in the paint and he can also shoot but then you have Michael Walton who moves the ball around pretty well and uh number 12 for for Davey I, I th- yeah Troy Griggs, yep. yeah i think he was phenomenal for them against Reynolds the other night and then uh 31 Jacob Hendricks he can give them quality minutes as well and, I, and it's just you can go through all these names just like your team and Reynolds team and Glenn's team it's just we have some pretty uh, amazing kids here in the triad that that really buy in to you know each team's uh just their their Coaching skills, you know, what they're about and identity. Yeah, just yep. their identity. And I just I it just amazes me to see these kids and it and it all comes back to the coaches. And that's what we talked well, about with they, You
0: know, you mentioned Davy County and they this year's Davy County team reminds me of our last year's East for team. They've got eight seniors, they've been through the wars, they've played together for such a long time, they're they're well coached, they have confidence in themselves. Uh, they're on a nine-game winning streak. Uh, I think the only loss they have is to a really well-coached Lee Revis team at Northwest Guilford around Christmas time, and you know they've beaten Reynolds twice. And I was a little bit shocked about that um, because I thought that would be too great. I thought they would kind of split, but um, Davy Davy has held their own, and they're they're doing what they need to do well. But there again, they last year they were juniors. And now they're senior-laden, and those those teams are hard to beat as the season goes on. No, you're
1: exactly right, and uh, I think they're number three now in the in the state, uh, which is really amazing to me uh, for a triad team. And I think you guys are actually up there as well. You are uh, 20. I mean, if you're in the top 30, I think that's amazing. So you guys are 29. But, you know, just talking about going back to Davey, uh, I think they're just like your team. I mean, I watched your team all last season. And it's just they, they have experience they're mature and I mean they, they, they run the plays as well and you have some of these teams that we see throughout the triad like you know it's kind of like isolation ball is almost like the NBA with some of these teams and not everybody's buying in and uh, that's a term that uh, can definitely be used to talk about y'all's conference but you know Adam what do you see in Davy every time uh, the the one game that you guys have coached against him?
2: well I mean they got shooters at all positions And that's what makes it really hard for us to guard them is because anybody at any point could get an open shot. So um, it's really hard to to help and then close out. Um, But uh, like you said, Owen's had a really, really good season. Um, I think he's the leader of their team, and um, he does a good job of staying in the moment. I don't think he lets uh, a missed shot affect his game if he misses a shot he's he's going to the next shot um and, and Griggs I mean he he kind of makes everything go for them um when he gets into the lane it really opens up a can of worms because everybody's got to help on him and then there's an open shooter and then they got the one more um so it's really tough um with those two guys and then Michael Walton he's going to get his every every night so
0: And they got that the other kid who I think is their unsung hero, you know. Everybody talks about Walton and McCormick. Griggs is doing a heck of a job running that team. I mean, he gets them in their sets. He he makes them run. They push the ball. And then you got the Hendricks kid, number 31, who in the big games, he's a left-handed kid, has made big plays, you know. And Mm -hmm. and you've got to focus so much of your attention on the other three, is sometimes you forget this kid, and you know, then they got guys coming off the bench that know their roles, and they they play hard. They're they're well coached, and th- that's probably the there in Reynolds or might be the two toughest places that we go play all year. Yeah, their environment is I definitely mean they're, helping. Uh,
1: their winning record,
0: Reynolds rowdies that sit in the end zone are phenomenal. Um, you go out to Davy County, and their environment is just explosive and you know it's packed and you, you gotta you gotta play really well to get out there and we played well for 26 or 32 minutes and we just <laughs> laid an egg
1: the last six minutes did, did you guys play them on a friday night was it a friday yeah, night it game was. Yeah, it was so That
0: was that, the only game we had and week. it was their hall of fame night oh boy you know so i mean we, we were right there and and we're but but they have the experience. You know, that's the difference right now. And, and them and Reynolds and the rest of the conference. And we're getting there. You know, we, we Jimmy Jimmy Nichols has been there. Savon's been there. And Kalik's been there. Maddie's been there. But they haven't been there in the roles that they're in right now. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's a little bit of the difference. Yeah,
1: and I mean, also your football players, too. So we'll talk about that, you know, coming up. But their environment, I mean, Friday night it wasn't, Hall of Fame night when Reynolds came in there and that place, I mean, it was and that's a pretty huge uh, gym that they have up there and I mean it was almost filled to the very top. Well, I, mean,
2: that, I think they remember last year when we beat them at their place. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that brought a lot of hype to the game because, um, I mean, you could tell after our game this year that they were pumped for for beating us because of what happened last year. I mean, they um, we went in there and stole one uh, on the road and got them at home last year, so they were they were. They were ready for us, you
1: know. I hear you. And, and uh, you guys, I remember we came to the one at y'all's place. And, I mean, y'all, Michael Walton, I know he just had 31 points. I think that's what he had the last game. But for some reason, I think you, you've got his number, Coach. Uh, no, I don't know that we've I, got his number.
0: We've just <laughs> we've just been fortunate that he. we've played pretty good but defense. That, but that's the him.
1: thing about Davies team. If it's not, you know, Walton, it's McCormick. Or if it's not McCormick and Walton, it's Griggs or Hendricks. And I think – it's just like your team and just like Reynolds' team. I mean, you guys just have weapons at, at any corner. I mean, t- going back to McCummins, I mean, he's, he's shooting the heck out of the ball uh, the past few games that we've seen. So uh, you have to credit him for, for the three-point shots that he's putting up for you. He's, he's been shooting really well, uh, definitely in comparison to the Frank Spencer. So I really like his play. But, you know, going to the next team, so Reynolds just lost to Davey. I went to that game 61-59. But, you know, Billy Martin and Mr. Goodlow. I mean, they have the demons playing hard. And I think Mr. Goodlow is the reason uh Reynolds is not because of his skills, but his leadership. I don't know. I know you guys, you, you're very consumed with the game already, but I watch Mista, and every time, you know, one of his players is is pouting or they're about to say something that they shouldn't to the refs or other players, like he goes and grabs them. Uh I know uh I wanted to say Ian Henderson from the guard from last year, but Devin Ingram, every time he was getting, you know, emotionally upset. Uh During the Davy game, Mr is going over there, putting his arm around him, saying something to him and I think that's just really special if you have a kid like that that can you know be the coach on the court i mean you you have one of those players, Jimmy is just like that, and they're they're pretty successful to have, aren't they?
0: They are, and you know Mr is not a Division one player just because of his basketball abilities. I mean he's a Division one player because he's his leadership capabilities as well, and they're athletic. You know, I think they're the most athletic team from top to bottom in our league. And, you know, Coach Martin's got them running his stuff. And, you know, they they whipped us pretty good over at Reynolds. I mean, they didn't miss. They got the ball up and down the floor. They rebound well. They run well. Uh, the little point guard had a phenomenal night against us. Yeah, Devin Ingram. Devin Ingram he had 18. 18 or 20. and. You know, and Tobias, uh, Tobias is, Johnson. Johnson is a heck of a heck of a player and a low post presence, and and and, and that's what you're seeing in our league. Every team's got a good point guard. Every mm-hmm. team's getting a, a good wing player. Uh, you most teams have good shooters. You know, and, and so. And everybody's starting to understand their system that their coaches have put in place. And everybody plays just a little bit different to fit the personnel that they have. And so that's what I really enjoy about coaching in our league. You know, I I loved coaching against Guy Shavers at Southwest and Lee Revis at Northwest and, and, the, and Coach at Ragsdale last year. And, yeah, Shoemaker. And coach Shoemaker. You know, we had great rivalries. It was good. You know, I was on those those games, yes. really, and that's what we and, talked and about. And we loved that that conference. But it's it's no easier when you when they no. switched us to the other conference. You know, a, a basketball in this area, in Guilford and Forsyth County, Davy County. Look what North Davidson's doing. You know, look what Ledford's doing. The, the basketball. Well, look what Dan hour's doing at West Stokes. Andre Gould at Prep. Kevin Thompson at Walkertown, Marlon Brim at Atkins. I mean, wherever you go, there there are coaches that are coaching and there are good players that are getting better. And to me, that's the joy of being a coach and a basketball fan in this area.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's where our success is coming from because there's such amazing kids to interview every single night. Like, we're not just going for, you know, that – three to five star player we're going for the smaller guy cuz I mean when we interviewed Savon last year I mean he was a smaller guy coming right off the bench and same thing with uh, Leach for for Reynolds it's just like this is their one big moment and you know it's just awesome to interview that and see like their their natural smile like they they just love it and it's just like you said it, it all relies on coaching and that's how you have such an amazing kid on and off the court and that's what we talked about with coach Guy shavers on the last episode you know why his team was playing the way that they are and the way that they act you know on the court and off the court and it's, it comes back to the coaches uh same thing uh with with coach Revis I mean his kids they 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 hit a little drought this past couple of weeks but you know then they get back on top but they they're still fighting for him you know it's, it's just you rarely see a team pout here in the triad I think it's it's because of you guys wouldn't you say
0: well I, I hope that that's part of it you know Right here in High Point, Uh, Joel Battles doing a phenomenal job over at uh, High Point Central. You know, and so everywhere we've been, you know, it doesn't matter which night you're playing. Maybe the kids get to take a night off, (laughs) but I'm telling you, as a coach, by the time our season's over, I am mentally and physically drained because if I don't prepare the way that I need to prepare, and our staff doesn't prepare the way that we need to prepare, then we're not going to have our kids ready and. You know every night it's a chess match it it, it's it's really really exciting to be a coach in this
1: area yeah and Adam is one of your your biggest scouters right here I I see him at games that you know he's not necessarily coaching in Uh, Adam you do a great job I know with with coach Mike so you know kind of discuss like the hours that you're putting in as well
2: well um, it took me a while to get used to that Um, a a lot of the times when I was at UNC Charlotte I had to learn how to scout I mean, we were required to, to watch five games before we had our scout there. So um, it's not as complex in high school, but um, it's good to go and see other teams' tendencies, what they're doing uh, individually and as a team. Um, but it's just a matter of uh, going out and see it for yourself. Um, and that helps us. I, I think that gives us an advantage um, when we can go out and tell our team, okay, this guy does this, their team does this. I really enjoy doing that, and that—that's half the reason I like coaching—is because I can strategize, and it's—it's it's something I enjoy to do.
1: I hear you. I hear you. Now, um, you're talking about, you know, how complex those conference is, and I know, uh, you know, their records might not pertain to it, but going to Glenn, Reagan, and West—I mean, you guys just came off of a close game with West, and those three guys, you know, they—they have their problems and issues that—that that they need to fix every once in a while when you watch them play. But they they can creep up on you, can they not? Every single night, I know West they had you got you told me, uh, fifteen point lead on you guys, and your guys had to battle back against Howard, and it's it relies a lot on the coaching and the kids are buying in. Like I mean, we should I should get a dollar for every time I say buying in on this episode because that's what you know I can describe y'all's league with. But you know Overby his team is somebody that you have to watch out for. I, I remember he beat uh, I believe Dan's team West Oaks and the Frank Spencer. And, you know, that was a great win for them. And then Howard ends up having another win against West Stokes. And it's just you have to watch out for those teams. And, and you have to tell your players. I know you you guys, when you played Glenn, Glenn was kind of, you know, up and down. But then you got their best night almost. And everybody was hitting. Julius Reese was hitting. And, I mean, even their best player got hurt, Ben Williams, against you guys. and But that that seemed to help their team out because, I mean, other guys were able to step up that night against you guys.
0: Yeah, it's uh. There's no, like I said, there's no off nights. And, you know, don't look at Glenn's record and go, hmm, not a good team. They, from where they were last year at this time to where they are right now, the culture has changed. The basketball skill level has changed. Uh, They're moving in the right direction. And, you know, it's night in and night out and those kids are doing a great job and it is hard that's the hardest part because the average fan the average kid in the locker room they're going to look at the records and go oh we should beat them as a coach you watch film you study you do you go to scouts you prepare the game plan and you know hey th- this is a trap game this is a game that if you, you if we take off every night we're capable of getting beat and so, you know, that's the hardest part. And you said something a while ago, and I remember hearing Billy Donovan speak one time, and he made the comment, you know, you don't know what's going on in the other team's locker room. You know, we all know what's going on in ours, and and sometimes you, as a coach, you're playing chemist, and this kid's got a problem away from the court, and this one's working on a project in the classroom, and. And this one's physically beat up, and so we're we're always managing ours. But you know, there's problems in everybody else's locker room too, and you just don't know which which team's going to be the mentally freshest and the the less drama free on a certain night, and the teams that can that can overcome that off the court stuff and and can stay together and can stay locked in and focused will be the teams that rise to the top as the season goes on. Yes, sir. And you know, going back to your The the
1: coaches, I mean, having to be a chemist, I think a lot of it comes from y'all's experience. I mean, if you look at y'all's conference and a lot of the coaches here in the triad, you guys have experience. Like Adam said, he had experience at Charlotte. He knows how to deal with those kids that are at the college level, but they just came out of high school. I mean, it's not that big of a difference, and you know how to deal with these kids and their emotions every single night. I mean, we still see college kids pouting, you know, on on the sideline, you know, after he's fouled out of a game or... Uh, if he's just playing terrible, he's missing shots the whole night. And then you at Wake Forest for all those years. I mean, you have you guys have the experience, so wouldn't you say? That, I mean, that really helps when it comes down here into the high school level.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, we we know what it takes to get to the next level. We've been at the next level. We can relay that to the kids. Um, it's nice when our former players that have gone to that level come back. I mean, the first part of the year for us, Craig Hinton, who's a Harlem Globetrotter. Now and played at App State, came back and, and he was working with our kids while he was working himself out, waiting for his time to leave. So he would he would come hang around practice every once in a while, and you know he would stand over to the side and and just evaluate and watch because one day I think he might head into coaching. And you know Brandon Childers has stopped by, and you know all those guys that come back. That they can make a difference and every program in this area has had college players and as those guys come back and they pay it back then somebody else gets to pay it forward and that's to me that's a, another great part about high school coaching that those bonds that you build aren't just for four years you know they're, they're lifetime bonds mm-hmm. you know that's that's the cool cool part about it
1: yeah and i mean a lot of the games that we come to i see a lot of alumni from that school. I mean, just at, like at Southwest Guilford, Cam Langley, who we we coached against a few times during our conference, phenomenal player. He still comes back to almost every game. I mean, I know his brothers are playing, but still he comes out and supports the whole team. Or you'll see people come to Reynolds or you'll see them come to West Forsyth. He's just all the time. But, you know, Adam, how did Charlotte help you with the experience?
2: Well, um, it kind of goes back to what you just said. There, there's not much of a difference in terms of relationships. I think that's the biggest thing about coaching is if you don't have a relationship with a the kid, then – you're not going to get anything out of them like the only difference is the talent level and um, a little bit of X's and O's here and there but um, if you don't have a relationship with the kid then it's really tough to to get them to buy into what you're doing
1: yeah and I, I think I see that a lot you know you guys can attest to that as well during the triad months and uh, it's also on the football field like if you can see if a coach has a bond with a kid and if the kid is listening and respecting what the coach is saying or if the kid's like, hey, I'm going to you know, run my own thing. and I mean, it doesn't pay off, and you see which teams are winning because they've created these bonds with these kids.
0: Well, the other thing, too, I think about coaches in this area, Logan, is that coaching in this area, it's not about the coach. Yep, exactly. You know, the coaches in this area are about helping kids. How can we develop this kid to get this kid to where he wants to go? And, you know, it's not about my wins and loss record. Mm-hmm. You know, as a young coach – my first five or six years, probably. <laughs> but as I've gotten older and 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 hopefully a little bit smarter, you know, you you got to reward these kids. You gotta you gotta push them. I, I think every kid wants to get better, and they say they don't want discipline and they don't want they don't want somebody pushing them. I'm telling you, at the end of the day, five years from now when they come back, every one of them say, "Hey, coach." Me going through your program makes a huge difference. Um, Jacob Nestor, who plays baseball at Catawba College, uh, stopped by over Christmas, and he came in. He goes, Coach, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today had I not gone through East Forsyth High School, their baseball program, through their basketball program. He goes, you guys pushed me to better myself. And, and to me, that's the greatest compliment that a coach can get is, hey, you made me better. You taught me life skills you taught me more than just about the sport and and they're winners not only on the court and on the field but they're winners in life and i think if, if the high school coaches in this area are doing that which 99% of them i think are mm-hmm, for sure i think it's a win yeah and i think you know talking about the
1: developing you're developing them into young men that are you know about to go on into college and become you know actual grown men and they have to make these decisions on their own and i think because you guys discipline them, but also care for them at the same time. It's like having almost another parent in the situation that, you know, is really relatable to you. Cause I mean, it's something that you both love like basketball and you guys can connect through that, but also, you know, teach them life lessons. Cause I know Adam, you've created a lot of relationships with these kids, you know, just over these past two years.
2: Yeah. Um, and and you don't, every, every kid's different. Um, some kid might have a good home life. The other might not. Um, and you got to attend to them. Based on that situation, and um, like in the off season, it's good for me because Mike's in softball, and I get them individually, and that's the time for me to uh, get that personal relationship and individual time to to care for them and kind of show love to them. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, if if we don't have a good relationship, I'm not going to be successful. They're not going to be successful, and it's just it's just not good for any of us. No, and it's definitely. also good for me <laughs> and it's good for our players because they hear my voice
0: 24/7 all the time <laughs> you know and they need to hear somebody else they need they need that individual moment they need that development they need that that way when when i come back and i'm i'm working them out on my own again and we're doing the things that we need to do together starting in june then, then things start to to pop, and and they've had a break from me, you know. And, and even though I still know everything that's going on, I've got a guy here that I can trust beyond belief, and and I don't have to look over my shoulder. I, I I know what he's teaching them. I know he's teaching them the right way. I know he's he's doing the drills that that App State and UNC Charlotte did, that Wake Forest is doing. He, he's trying to develop them their game to a higher level and then you know they get they get that individual attention. he gets some head coaching experience. They don't have to listen to me all the time all year 365 and you know like in practice there's t- there's days I'll stop and go all right Adam, hey yeah, I need you to do this and I'll back off and I'll become the assistant and let him. Because if I'm not developing our coach, our, our next level of coaches, then I'm not doing my job either. And what wh- I think one of the most proudest things I have as a basketball coach is, everyone who's been an assistant of mine has gone on that wanted to be a head coach has been a head coach, and I take pride in 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 that, and I, I take pride in having former head coaches want to come back and be on my staff, and that's to me that's that's paying. Somebody did that for me. I want to be able to do that for somebody else. That's awesome.
1: Well, you know, to change the subject, we'll, we'll get off of the, the serious talk and we'll come back to it. So each week we have a different coach in the studio. I don't know if you saw with Coach Shaver. So we have like a s- segment called Seven Questions with Coach. So the first one is your favorite NBA team.
0: Mm, that's a tough one. I, I like the Celtics Okay. because of their coach. And, and I love watching the Spurs and the Mavericks play because I think they played the game the right way. You know you know what I'm saying? I'm starting to see a trend with
1: these coaches answers. You guys like the the coaches instead of the I, teams. I
0: I follow the coaches and the systems and, and how they play and you know, cuz I'm trying to learn. And if you're not trying to learn from the best and, and you know we we are blessed <laughs> in this state to have great college coaches. We're blessed and you know to be close to the NBA teams. And so it it uh, you got to learn. Well, we got two coaches in the house. So, what's your answer, Adam?
2: Uh, I don't really keep up with the NBA that much. I I kind of focus on college because it's the next level up for us. All right.
1: So here, the next question. Is, <laughs> so, your favorite college team? So, we'll let, we'll let Adam go first.
2: Uh, I like to watch Duke. Uh, everybody <laughs> does, um, obviously. But, um, if it was X's and O's wise, um, I like to follow coaches that I've played against, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were at Charlotte, we coached against um, – we coached it is it Ole Miss now. Um, he did a heck of a job getting those guys to play hard, and he executed a lot of uh, sets when when we played against them. So um, I like to watch Ole Miss some.
1: I think I know what uh, Coach Muse's answer is going to be. So who's your favorite college team?
0: Well, you know I'm loyal <laughs> to my Wake Forest team and Deacons, but I'm also a, an ACC fanatic, mm-hmm. you know, i i I love that league i I root for all their teams um but my heart's got a special place for what wake forest did for me as a person and and gave me an opportunity to to grow my career and um you know so it's a special place it's great people there but Not only do I follow Wake Forest, I'm watching every ACC game that I can watch. And when the tournament comes, you better believe I'm pulling for every ACC team to win. So does that mean you're going to go to the ACC tournament next year when it's in Greensboro? I'm going to do my best.
1: (laughs) If anybody's got extra tickets and wants to give me some, I'll take it. I know it's expensive. I was looking at it in Charlotte. It's not cheap. Uh, So the next one, who's got the best chance to win the national championship? So, you know, looking at technique and looking at the plays and the players. uh, Adam, what's your pick? I
2: think there's about six or seven it's a tough question that that could win um i mean you got duke it's the highlight show and then you got michigan who runs really good stuff um and have a lot of different players that can score at any point um tennessee who's really tough um the admiral is really good um then you i i think people are sleeping on carolina because duke's getting all the attention they're really um explosive team when it comes to scoring and they're not getting as much hype because of what Duke's doing. Yeah, so. ever
1: since they lost to Louisville, they've been on a uh, a tear. They, they've yeah. really gotten hot at the right time. And
0: you can throw all those teams in, and, and then you can't forget about your 2K teams, <coughs> Kentucky and Kansas. You can't forget about Tom Izzo at Michigan State. Virginia. You can't forget what Buzz is doing at, at Virginia Tech and Virginia. And there, there's always that sleeper team out there you know look what ryan odom did last year yep you know (laughs) um just there's that's the beauty of college basketball yes you know there's just the matchups are key who's hot at the right time is key there's probably 15 teams that that could be in the final four right now
1: yeah no that's completely right uh this next question pertains to y'all's family we'll get into more after that but uh for those of you that know the Muse family, know the Muse twins cuz they're around everywhere. Someone ask you who's your favorite twin just because I have a good relationship with them and just to, you know, kind of stir up the pot with you guys. Which day is it? <laughs> okay,
0: <it's> Thursday. <laughs> yeah, okay. So both of them are my favorite twins. Um but I'm telling you what, day to day they they change so much. Yep, you do. know, it depends on the event, it depends on who's there, you know, they played us one game this year, and at the end of the game, there's one of them that I would like to have got my hands on. <laughs> you know, I, thought, I think Adam wanted to go and I thought home he would start a fight. Thought he was pretty disrespectful, but the next day, he the most lovingest guy absolutely, ever. Absolutely, you know, they're 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 you gotta love them because they're competitors. They work their rear ends off. They do things the right way. They're good in the classroom. You know, they're family. What What are you going to say?
1: Well, this guy, he he's lived with them all his life, so let's hear, uh, let's hear your take I, on the Twins. Mine's
2: the same type. I mean, one day it'll be one, one is the other. Yep. It's just who's trying to tick you off that day. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, the biggest thing is they think that we, we always have competitions at home. Oh, yeah, you guys they are very competitive. They think they're the best shooters in the family. I'm the best shooter in the family. But, <laughs> Uh, I'm sure Andrew will try to tell you otherwise.
1: Who's, whose birthday party where we at this summer and we all went out there and Adam was lighting it up. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember which party that was, but, uh, so the next question, we're going back to the NBA. So if you could coach one NBA player
0: that, you know, that you haven't coached at Wake Forest, how about that? Who would it be? <laughs> I wish I could have had, I wish I could coach a guy like Timmy Duncan. Mm. You know, he's the, he, to me, he's the ultimate professional, the ultimate player. Uh, you can't ever tell by his emotions whether he's winning or losing. He plays hard every game. I read an article on him a couple of weeks ago where he was never late for a meeting, never missed a bus, never was late for a practice, was the ultimate professional. And and what an amazing all-star. You know, it's guys like that that, that I would enjoy being yeah. able to coach. And have a relationship and with. And have a relationship sure. with. All right, what's your pick, Adam?
2: Uh, I'd say Kobe. <laughs> I think that um, the competitor that he is and just the drive that he has, not only to, to win himself, but to bring others along with him. I mean, you can you can see when, uh, I think it was like 09, uh, when he brought Paul Gasol along mm-hmm. and uh, Ron Artest and the rest of them, he, he brought a team that wasn't that great outside of him and, and made them really good. And I just like his drive and his mentality.
1: Yeah. Now, this question is for you, Coach. We asked Coach Shavers this. Now, I know you love your assistant coaches like Coach Bill Armour and Adam. So, you talked about every team in the triad. If you could have two head coaches from the triad as assistant coaches and coach alongside them, who would they be?
0: Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, you know, I, I've said this before to my brother, that if you could go around and get four coaches in high school right now and form a college team you would have a really good staff you know um and you could there, there's about six or eight coaches that you could pull mm-hmm. and be really successful with at the college level um it, it, you're only giving me two i gotta give you two. Oh boy i know
1: coach, coach right, right now i'd hard.
0: have to say right off the top of my head obviously my brother mm-hmm. because we, we just know each other and we know how each other thinks beforehand and we would be on the same page a whole lot quicker. And then I'd have to probably go with a guy like Guy Shavers that, you know, that gets talent and knows talent and wins everywhere he's been. And, and you know, but you can't leave guys out like Revis and Dan Spain who's been there, you know, yeah. it's just, that w- that's a hard question, and then you got some great young up and coming coaches like Marlon Brim and uh, Caputi at North Forsyth that that I think are going to be phenomenal coaches down the road. Yeah. and I think uh, Coach
1: Ganey is another one. I yes. watched
0: him the past two games uh, that I've attended at Glenn game. Yes. He, he he really talks to his guys. He does. You know, uh, that's a hard question. But if it you, is if I only question. get two and I got to make the decision right now. I'm gonna go with Guy
1: Shavers and Andy Muse. Now, my pick. I think if all of you Muses got together with your granddad <laughs> Tom and Andy, I think you guys could uh, definitely be a, a college coaching staff. It's, it's almost like the the debate if uh, LeBron's you know Lakers team could beat like uh, or, or no Duke beating you know the Cavaliers, and it's just one of those kinds of questions. Um, so the last one. Uh, this can kind of get into you know the family of basketball for you guys, but when did you first get into basketball? So I know your dad coached at Parkland all those years, but do you happen to remember like when you Absolutely. first started? I
0: was I was I was in the gym before I could walk, <laughs> and as soon as I was in the gym, as soon as I could walk, and my dad would take me every time I wanted to go, just about, and, and you grow up a gym rat, and I am blessed to have a dad that that did that for me and he's home and i remember we didn't have when he was coaching and started we would have to take film 16 millimeter film eight millimeter film after the game and drive down to high point to the bus station and they'd send it on the bus you have to come down on sunday and pick it up so you could watch the film we'd sit in with the clicker and back and forth back and forth back and forth and then it turned to videos and i mean every time he he had a video on at home or film on we were trying to watch and you know that I've been blessed to grow up around his players and the players at Parkland High School, and I had great coaches at North Forsyth High School, Coach Shuler and Coach Cartwright and Coach Nifong. You know, I, I've just been blessed my whole life, and and that's why I'm in the business because I watched how they treated people and and how they took care of people, and that's what I wanted to do, and I've been. I'm super blessed. God's put me in a great spot. And is it the same thing for you, yes, Adam?
2: Yes, it's the same for me. Um, I mean, we we were always in Mount Tabor's gym, um, whether it was for practice, games, come home, watch film. I mean, I got to grow up watching great players like Chris Gaynor who played at Winthrop. Um, I mean, it, it's just a blessing to, to come up through a family that knows what they're doing. And most importantly, like Mike said, is treat people the right way um i I think that growing up you know you you look at the wins and losses that your dad did but ultimately um when I got to college and when I started my coaching career, um, I started learning it was way more than just the the wins and losses it was the the relationship that they had with the kids and how they treated people and um that's ultimately like like Mike said why why we're in this business because ultimately if we're not making a difference in kids lives then, We're not doing our
1: job. Now, you know, going back to coaching, now we can kind of start discussing your family real fast. I know we did an article already on you guys, but every coach that we've spoken to, you know, like Coach Shavers, he was ragging on you guys, like saying you guys come every single night to play chess. And do you think, you know, within each of y'all's, you know, coaching techniques and, you know, the plays, that it trickles down from your dad?
0: Well, that's part of the game. You know, I mean, you're you're trying to take away what the other team does best, and you're trying to maximize what you do best. And you know, you've got to be able to make moves in in the flow of the game, and with the five timeouts that you get in a halftime and change of quarters, you've you've got to be able to make some adjustments. And to me, that's that's the fun part about coaching. Not, you know, can you take your kids and can you make the adjustments on the fly and can you get the point across? It doesn't do any good for me to know it if I can't push it on to our players. And, you know, but there again, you're forced to do that in this area. If you don't, you're going to get your brains beat in every night by coaches that can.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, (laughs) it's definitely true. But, uh, Adam does, do you get a lot of your, you know, coaching techniques as well? Like, so he got it from granddad.
2: I think it's from a little bit of everywhere that you've been. Mm -hmm. Um, like I've brought some stuff from app and UNC Charlotte to East. And I mean, we, we run stuff that my dad's been running for years. And, um, it's all about like, like Mike said, like who you're playing. I mean, you got to figure out what, what's best for your team against their team. And, um, each game, we're having to adjust to figure out, okay, how do we attack their zone? How do we attack their man based on our personnel and their personnel? So, um, like you said, it's always a chess match.
1: Yeah. Now, going back to where you guys have been before, you're talking about Charlotte and then you at Wake Forest, you guys have a particular memory. We'll, we'll start with Adam. We'll go back to you real fast, like from from being at Charlotte and their coaching staff. One of your favorite memories.
2: uh It was my birthday um, two years ago. We played uh, Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. And we were really struggling at the time, and John Davis comes down and hits a game winner on my birthday. And Jackson Simmons, who played at Carolina, he was his he our other uh, assistant, yells out Waffle House because <laughs> we <laughs> always went to Waffle House after a win. So that's awesome. Um, it was that was a good time. Favorite memory, coach?
0: Uh, probably the the week that we beat Duke and Carolina back to back, and wow. went to number one in the country. Um that was that was a special time, it was a special season and that was my favorite good memory. You I hear you. Yeah. Um but just the relationships with all the guys, yep. you know. And, and and it's still like, you know, Adam said you take stuff from everywhere you've been. I still have scouting reports from when I was yep. assistant coach at App State, you know, back in the eighties, eighty five to to. 86, 87, and, you know, I still go back and look at those scouting reports every summer to see if there's something that we can use. I I have all my scouting reports from four years at Wake Forest, and I'm always asking for new scouting reports. And the contacts that we have all over the country, you know, I can call University of Arizona and talk to my buddy Ryan Reynolds. I can call Boston University and talk to Coach Corbin or Winthrop and get – Pat Kelsey or Gaudio's now at Louisville and Jeff battles at Providence and, you know, all, all the connections that you have all across. And Adam's the same way.
2: I mean, yep. I, mean top, top, I I got guys at Mississippi state, Tanner Smith, uh, Justin Ganey, at Arizona, Andre Gray at UNCG. Um, I mean, it's, it's just all over. Kellen Sampson at Houston, who's a top 15 team yeah. right now. Um, I mean, they're, there's some really good coaches out there that we know that, I mean, I could call up at any point and say, hey, what what's what's the best zone set y'all run or who runs it against you? And it, it's a great advantage for us to, to learn more as coaches and maybe apply it to our team if, if it's necessary.
0: But that's what's neat about the basketball coach and fraternity. Yep. You know, once you've made that connection, even though they might be a, a foe one night, and once you're out of their league, they're your friend, you know. Um, Ryan Odom, my coach at R.J. Reynolds, I was an assistant coach. He was playing for Howard West at Reynolds High School. And, you know, I saw him at the coaches' clinic last year, and he was giving me some stuff, and I asked him a question afterwards. He goes, just call me. Well, you know, so those things like that are, are really, really that, – that coaching fraternity expands and, and – so hopefully I can do that for other coaches. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's
1: got to be awesome when you guys, like he's talking about Sampson with Houston, like when you watch these teams on TV, it's got to be awesome for you guys to, you know, if you see a play that you like or see something that they're running, then you can call those guys later in the week. Does that happen a few times for you? That <laughs> happens quite often.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jason Cable called me the other uh, week. He was asking for some video I made for a pregame hype up. Like it. It's just having that relationship to still be able to say, "Hey, you remember this?" and and go on from that.
1: You know? That's awesome. He's also he's he's doing a
0: great job yeah. as well. They're and and you know, there's too. coaches here in, in the triad. Danny Manning and his staff opens up practice all the time to us. You know, Wes Miller at, at UNCG. I haven't had a chance to come down to High Point with with Coach Smith, but I'm sure if he would open open the doors i mean that that's the neat thing you know it, you're a phone call away from getting the help that you need or you know hey do any of your buddies looking to recruit this kid it might not be your level but maybe you know somebody at the division two or division three level you got a guy out there hey i got this kid Savon brentley that's looking for a place to play next year and if if you're a division two II or three coach and you need a a combo guard to plays defense and takes it to the rack, then I can call our contacts, and one of them will know somebody, and six degrees of separation later, yep. we're elevating a kid to a place where he's dreamed of going.
1: That's awesome. Um, you know, going back to the coaching, I know you are you were announced as the all-star coach, so you want to kind of talk about that for a few minutes, uh, what an honor that is for you. That, that might be one of the most...
0: Um, humbling experiences of my life because you grow up going to the all-star games with your dad only dreaming of being able to to be selected one day and when when I got that phone call I got really emotional like I am now um because you might never win a state championship but to be recognized by your peers and to have that opportunity just one time in your life that's that's truly a blessing Um, God's been good to me and a lot more coaches out there, probably way more deserving than I am, but very humbled and honored and look forward to working with, uh, coach Scott Harrell at Cherryville. And we've been doing our homework and trying to get some (laughs) players in the Western side of the state. And we want to go have a great experience. Yeah, you could possibly have Wendell. We don't know what he's going to
1: do. Wendell Moore Jr. from Cocksmoor. Um, <laughs>
0: I would love to have him, but he's pro- ready to get to Duke. He's probably going to be in summer school at Duke, and that's the hard part about the East-West game. You know, twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, you would have an ACC All-Star team out there playing, and now with summer school and guys going yep. to colleges early, we miss out on a lot of uh, really good players because of. Of summer school, but there's still really good players out there to take, and we're going to get the best 10 kids in the western part of the state, and we're going to go have a good weekend.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, the timing of it, I think, uh, Keyshawn Bishop's try it all star thing that he does, I think that's about like the perfect time, if not to compete with his, but if I felt like if the all star game for you was a few, you know, couple weeks after, uh, the, the state championships. I think then you know you'd have guys like win. Well, you know they in. do
0: the Carolinas comp, uh, the Carolinas All Star game, the yep. North Carolina South Carolina game in March, yep. and so they they get a little bit better pick of the players, you know. But then you got to compete with all these other All Star games too, and you know I I would really like to see it get back to where the kids really wanted to play in it, you know. But the year they had. James Worthy and Sleepy Floyd playing in it. And, Jeez. I mean, it was just a, the Coliseum was almost packed. And, you know, there for about 10 years, it was like ACC player, ACC player, AC Big East player. I mean, it was a, it an amazing thing. So that's when you when you grow up watching it and, and you know how special of an honor it is. You know, that's just uh, beyond words how humbled I am to be selected. Last year, I think a lot of Triad kids were able to play in the All
1: Star. I remember Isaiah Bigelow was in there, and then a lot of a lot of other guys that are just phenomenal. I know Bigelow; he's at Wolford now. So, you know, going back to that, I mean, I think it is awesome for you to be selected. You know, you, you're not you, the state championship coach from the, the previous year, but just for the peers to admire you. And uh, going back to coaching real fast before we wrap it up, talk to me about you know passing down the torch to this guy over here eventually over at East Forsyth it's going to happen eventually right
0: yes (laughs) it is Um, eventually eventually you know and and everybody's like asking me the question when you're going out when you're going out it's like Tom Brady right And, and I'm not ready to go out you know I love what I'm doing I love getting up and going and teaching my health classes every morning I love going to practice every day Do I love some of the other parts of the school day that you got to deal with? (laughs) Absolutely not. You know, but the actual teaching and the going to practice and the planning for games and being with the, the kids and, and my colleagues, I still enjoy that, you know, and I can't, I can't draw social security for another four or five years. And if, if I got out of teaching, I've got to have something else to go to. Um, And Adam's, he's almost ready I mean he could take over for me if I dropped dead tonight he'd be the head coach tomorrow night you know
1: he's ready yeah um, there's a couple of games where you were sick last season uh, that he kind of there was a few where you 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 came to the game but you were kind of just, right. you know out of it yeah and I had that, a
0: bad case of walking pneumonia and he, he, yeah, stepped up. he
1: stepped up I remember he almost beat Reynolds on a really tough night because I mean their team was not easy last season and, yeah. Right? Yeah. and he's
0: growing and he's growing into the role and, and he's he's seeing and, and I'm giving him more and more and more responsibility because, there, you know, as an assistant coach, you always think you're more ready than what you are. There's a big difference in that 18-inch shift over to the next seat. It's easy to make suggestions, and if the coach takes them, fine. If not, and if he does, then great. And if he doesn't, well, he should have, you know. But when, when the buck stops with you and you got to deal with – and that's the part that most – assistant coaches don't always get to see that he's getting to see you know here he is at a radio show tonight you know if we have a meeting with a parent he's going to sit in with me if we're dealing with a teacher he's going to help do that you know but his college experience his knowledge of the game is in his bloodlines you know he he's he's going to be a phenomenal head coach and and he and i've talked we're on the same page he's 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 going to support me in whatever decision I make, and, and, and when I'm ready, and that time comes, and I'll know it. My dad my dad always told me, you know, you'll know when it's time. And it, right now I still have fire. I still have passion. I still burn to coach the game. We have a great situation, uh, and, I, and I'm trying to give him more and more responsibility to get him ready so that when, when I do step away – he, he's going to be a phenomenal head coach and he'll have a he'll have a 30-year career and probably win 1,000 games. That's how good he is. You're
1: going to live up to that. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to live up to that. Well, you guys have an exciting week coming up. You you guys have Reagan tomorrow night, correct? And then uh well, it'll be tonight cuz people are listening tomorrow, but uh and then you guys have a tough week next week. So what what's the mindset heading into Davey and Reynolds in one week?
0: Well, you, you know, we're starting to gear up for the playoffs. And I think when you get ready for your conference tournament, it's good to have the top dogs coming into your house the week before. And as they come in, um, we have to start ratcheting up our level of play to get ready for the conference tournament, which is at Davy County, by the way, tough environment. And then we're trying to build to get ready for – the state playoffs and you know we did that with the frank spencer and and we slowly started grinding a little bit harder and you know that'll be a good test that week will be a good test two great two great teams and hopefully it'll get us prepared for what's to come next
1: yeah i know we, we we actually uh Called this week rivalry week, but I think it's going to have to, you know, trickle into next week too. So we have your brother's game, uh, which will be tonight when people are listening to this podcast, uh, Ben L. Smith and Mount Tabor. But I think we'll have to show up for one or two of your games next week, don't you believe?
0: I don't know. There's a lot of good games in the area. I mean, every every Tuesday and Friday night, there, there's probably three, four, or five games that could be your game of the week. Yeah, it's you, tough. You know, it's tough to choose one. It is tough, and we appreciate what you at Game of Inches are doing and, and how supportive you are of, of not only the coaches, but what you guys are doing for our kids and the exposure that they're getting and the marketability that they're getting. And they're, they're, you know... What you have done with the videos and and the the podcast and what you tweet and the pictures that you take, those kids don't realize how lucky they are to get those things and 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 it's catching on. You know, every kid, hey, Game of Inches called. Hey, you know, did you see what Game of Inches put out? And so, you know, it's nice to know that that in this area, our kids are getting maximum exposure on a social media level and that helps with their recruitment and that's what it's all about well thank you coach i really appreciate it and thank
1: you both of you for coming on the show guys i really appreciate it and best of luck to you guys the rest of the season well tried fans thank you for listening make sure to comment and subscribe to our channel if you're on soundcloud give us a like thank you everybody